Good morning, friends, family, or good afternoon, good lunchtime, whatever time you are listening to this. Hope you're having a great day. I This is my second time, like day in a row recording a podcast, and I'm very excited about that because it's fun, but I'm also like, okay, got to get my mind set on podcasting again. So very excited. Uh, thank you so much for listening. If this is your first time listening, welcome. We are a family of just people, mostly women, but we, we accept the guys too, mostly women who talk about sex a lot. We talk about just being a woman, things that people don't want to talk about, especially in like the Christian world and purity culture and all the things, but we are glad to have you. Uh, but today I'm super excited to have on my friend Bianca. She has a podcast called Please Don't Kick Me Out. Bianca, hello. Say hello to all our friends. <laughs> <laughs> Hello to everyone. I'm really excited about this because uh, I also interviewed you for my podcast. So it'll be exciting to kind of share our listening networks. Oh yeah. I love that. Anytime we can collaborate, I'm like on board. I love it. I, I love it. This has been so fun. We talked about it a while ago and so I'm glad it's like finally happening now that we're, we're getting to do this. So um, Bianca, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do, life, all those things. So my name is Bianca Woolwick. I am the host of the podcast, Please Don't Kick Me Out, which is about imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. um, and I have 10 years of marketing experience under my belt. Um, but just like everyone, as the pandemic hit, I lost my job. Um, but I, instead of sitting there and crying about it, I decided mm -hmm. to start a podcast because my worst fear when I was working was that every day they would come in and figure out that I was not meant to be there. Mm -hmm. So uh, the please don't kick me out kind of came to fruition after I got um, laid off at the beginning of the pandemic. So I've really been just taking this pandemic to figure out what I want to do with my life. Yeah. Um, and another facet of of who I am, which I usually tried to tamper down or not express, was that I'm a military spouse. I've been married mm -hmm. to my husband for three years. He is a lieutenant in the U.S. Navy, um, currently deployed. And uh, so I'm starting to see that in this time to take time for myself and podcasting and working on passion projects that um, I'm figuring out just things I want to do for myself and for others. Um, and yeah. so I really want to do fleet and family and spousal support next. So that's kind of where I'm headed. Then. That is awesome. Listen, imposter syndrome is so freaking real. And when I found your podcast, I was like, heck yes. I'm so glad someone's talking about this because like, it, it is so important. We actually haven't met in person, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Hopefully one day we can, but we met through the wonderful Facebook group that we, I talk about all the time on my podcast, Colorado, Colorado Girl Gang. I always say Colorado too fast and then I like can't get it out right. <laughs> um, Colorado Girl Gang is we met um, through that and so I found out that we both started a podcast beginning of uh pandemic and we're like okay let's do this let's get on each other's and talk about all the things so um yeah. but I just love that yours about imposter syndrome because I was literally talking to my husband about it this yesterday about how I like caveat will say oh I'm so stupid because I just like am so scared that I can't get something right and all that stuff so we'll get into all of the imposter syndrome stuff but yeah Something I like to do with my guests is just to get to know you just in maybe a way that someone else might not is um, let's talk about one thing you love and one thing you either hate or strongly dislike because sometimes hate is like a real strong word. Yeah. <laughs> what is one thing that you love? Um, currently, I'm obsessed with Baby Yoda. Like, 
really yes. obsessed with Baby Yoda. Yeah. Um, the Mandalorian is the only thing Star Wars that has ever made sense to me, which is, <laughs> I don't know if it's because the Baby Yoda is so cute, but I'm a fanatical about the Baby Yoda. I have a Baby Yoda. The Baby Yoda is currently wearing a sailor hat. I'm looking at it right that now. That is amazing. And I dress my dog and Baby Yoda up together. I'm working on sending my husband a calendar. So uh, mm-hmm. for your listeners, there is a Baby Yoda doll. It's $24.99. You can get it anywhere. Uh, Amazing. Like any, any department store. Um, and I understand I'm 31 years old, but this thing is so cute. So maybe oh, Yoda um, take it yeah. over the internet, take it over the world. Yeah. Honestly. So, it's, like, it's, it's just, totally it's just fun. wholesome. Um, and like the really cool thing with baby Yoda and like in the fandom for people is that like, this has been helping people get through like depression, the pandemic, and there's like a community of people. Yeah. I'm not as obsessed with baby Yoda as some people are. Like I, they put legs on the doll. They like dress it up and take it as a child around places. Oh, right. Mine just, mine just sits on my ottoman. Yep. Joins <laughs> me for drag own, bingo. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. But no shame in the baby Yoda game. Right, right. Cool. And what is one thing that you either strongly dislike or you're just like, I hate this? <laughs> I do not like cantaloupe. Like, I cannot what? stand the flavor of it. Yeah. It, oh, my it, God. It just... <laughs> I love cantaloupe. It's okay. Like, That's no. okay. That's okay. I, yeah. I grew up, um, I think, like, I just grew up, my mom would buy it. Like, we were, I was born in Minnesota and then I lived in Colorado. I moved in Colorado when I was 10. Mm-hmm. So my mom would buy it probably typically out of season. So it never had much flavor. And then she'd put like salt or lime on it. And just, it wasn't really for me. I, um, I do understand. Yeah. If it's like a, a not, like a not good cantaloupe, right. it's like really gross. So I can, I can yeah. totally understand that. So I typically, if I'm going out to a restaurant and there's a fruit cup option, I'll be like, what else is my option? Cause I don't want that fruit cup. Cause it's, it's always going to be honeydew <laughs> oh. and cantaloupe. And, and Zanna yeah. like honeydew. So I don't yeah. like honeydew. So I can, I can understand. I can understand. Yeah. It's a weird, it's a weird thing to dislike, but (laughs) Hey, it's something. Um, and what do I love? I love when my, what I had it in my head that just literally went blank. Oh, I love my dog who will, he's been doing, he does this a lot, but he's been doing a lot recently. Like when our alarms go off in the morning, we we're the type who like will hit snooze like once or whatever, then get up. But the minute our alarm goes off, like (laughs) Theo will literally just like look at whichever one of us is easily accessible and will pounce and put his paws on our chest and just stare at us like are we getting up now is it time to play is it time to play are we doing this are we doing life (laughs) and it's like I'm not always a morning person so I'm like I don't want to get up but then when he's like so cute and like kissing my face I'm like well this is this is the greatest thing in life right now like my dog (laughs) um so I'm loving that right now. Loving Theo getting in my face. And one thing I hate is, um, what do I hate? I got, I don't hate this right now. I strongly dislike that Colorado is not cold yet because it's like, it was like 87 degrees today. And I'm like, wow. October, we, I know it snowed in September, but I'm still like, yeah, I, I don't want, I don't want winter yet, but I yeah. want fall. Like, I want to be able to wear my sweaters that I have and I'm like sweating when I'm outside. So right. I don't hate it, but I'm strongly disliking the fact that it is still very warm. And I'm trying to remember, I'm like, was it like this last year? <laughs> and I don't remember. I'm just like, where's yeah. the cold? <laughs> Colorado is completely unpredictable. I mean, I, it's, it's like every year is, is batshit. I mean, global right. warming aside, it's, it's just always different. Um, and then I moved from Colorado to San Diego and people were like, you're going to miss seasons. And I was like, 
Look, 75 is the baseline all year. And we've had a huge heat wave recently. So usually we have like pretty much of an Indian summer where it's very warm um, in September and October. Like I remember going to a Halloween uh, event for the board mm -hmm. of directors I sat on last year. And I had, I had a shawl for my costume and I was like, uh -uh. I just like had to leave it because it was 90 degrees That's and it was the week before Halloween. So this year, it seems like it's cooling off a little bit yeah. more. We had our heat wave in September versus October, but yeah. that could change. I mean, if you had a, if you had 87 degrees, then that means that that's probably flowing this way. So right. we'll see. Right. I know. We'll see. We'll have to see how it goes. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. I'm like, just bring me cold, please. I'm ready to be cold. Well, I'm not ready to be cold. I just want to wear sweaters. Like, that's it. I'm like, I'm tired of getting like hot in the middle of the day and not knowing what to wear. All that. <laughs> all of that. Um, okay. So let's chat about all things imposter syndrome. That is what your podcast is about. But I also think it is like the, it is the thing that we should be talking about because I don't know that I have met one person that is like, oh yeah, I have it all figured out. And I know exactly what I'm doing in life mm -hmm. and everything is great. Like, uh, no, <laughs> I'm like, or they're lying. <laughs> like it's not, <laughs> it's not true. So what is imposter syndrome? I, I'm sure a lot of us do know what it is, but if not, like what is imposter syndrome? Like big picture. Yeah. So imposter syndrome is the feeling of being found out to be a fraud. So the words imposter and syndrome can seem very overwhelming. So when I first started the podcast and I would ask people like, do you feel this? They'd be like, Ooh. And now that the conversation's more normalized a lot with the pandemic, people are really focusing on their mental health. So, right. so there's articles about it and it's becoming more and more of a common phenomenon. So imposter syndrome, um, you know, it can rear its head in very many different ways. Like for my example is I had, you know, almost 10 years of marketing experience. I was a marketing director and every single day I was wondering when my boss was going to come into my office and tell me that I wasn't qualified, didn't belong there and was going to like fire me. And then when it actually did happen, it wasn't a big deal. Like I didn't die. Like the world didn't end. We were fine. Right. Um, but it's, it's, there's some ways to combat it, of course, but it's just kind of, um, you know, not being able to accept your accomplishments, not being able to feel successful, not being able to, uh, feel worthy of what you have. So, um, it's, it's, it, it, and it's different for everyone, but for me, where I find imposter syndrome the most is if I'm doing something that is not authentic to myself. So if I'm in a job that makes me feel greasy and gross, like, mm -hmm. because I have to do something I don't believe in, or if I, um, or if I'm, you know, in a relationship where I need to bend, you know, one way or another that isn't authentic to me, et cetera, that's when I feel it the most. Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely think we can all relate to those feelings of just not, I mean, even today I'm like doing something in QuickBooks and I like, or my boss asked me to like look in the bank account for something. And I, I had a minute of like, I don't know how to do that. And then I'm like, yes, I do. Like, <laughs> but I'm like so scared that I'm like the simplest thing. Like I just did not, I don't know how to do it. And I got to like, just dig through this bank account to like find the thing just so he doesn't think that I'm like stupid. Um, and I, yeah, I can just feel it on like a date. It's just like one very small example, but it's like, can definitely feel that on like a very day to day basis. Um, so how has it like really like impacted your life? Like you said, you had those like fears every day. Like, where is it at now for you? Like, do you still like, is it like an ongoing thought conversation? Like, how is it just like impacting your life? Yeah. Um, I will say that therapy is awesome. So I am in therapy, um, dealing with some stuff, uh, but 
uh, that's been really helpful because I've been able to kind of talk myself out of the anxiety loop because imposter syndrome is also like linked into anxiety. Um, so imposter syndrome is not a mental illness. It's just a common phenomenon. It's Mm -hmm. basically keeping up with the Joneses. Like we're looking at, okay, so like compare yourself to someone your age and, oh, well, they have a kid, 2.5 kids and a white picket fence and all that. And I'm, I'm over here with this. And one thing to keep in mind is that, you know, you kind of have to look at people as they're just showing their highlight reel. Like you're not seeing the bloopers and we all have bloopers and no one's life is perfect. Um, just like when you meet a celebrity, like, wow, they're just like me. Um, it's, it's kind of, um, that's something I've kind of kept in mind, but for me, how it's impacted me was like, I've always been the weird kid. I've never fit in. I wasn't popular. I wasn't great at sports. I was nerdy as hell. And you know, when I got to college, I joined a sorority. I paid for friends. I'm not friends with any of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just kind of feel like I was constantly trying to fit into a mold mm-hmm. that wasn't me because I think like our parents kind of screwed it up, screwed us up, or at least me in a way, cause I'm a millennial that they oh. basically were telling me like, oh, you're so special. You're so unique, blah, blah, blah. So then you're like, but like, how do I, where do I go from here? Right. So I think it's just kind of, it's kind of been a dark passenger my entire life, but as I've, as I've gotten older and as I've kind of been able, you know, therapy's helpful, but as I've gotten older, I've been able to kind of see through it where I'm like, well, no, I know the answer to that. Like, I'm not going to second guess it. Like that's, that's, that's the, that's the answer. I know it's true. Like I'm going to, you know, put my life on it. That's, that's correct. So it's just kind of growing into being able to accept it, but yeah. 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 I know that I can completely relate to that and just feeling like you can't fit in, but it's also like trying to do the things to fit in. Like, like you said, you, um, like joined a sorority hoping that would help. And I've definitely like lied about beliefs that I have because I want to like fit in and I don't want them to think I'm like whatever. Or if someone will ask me like, if I've, I don't know, like, uh, know or heard about this situation or this thing and I haven't, but I feel like it's something that everybody knows about. I'm like, oh yeah. And then later I'm like, God, I have no idea what that was. I hope they don't ask me about it later. I like go and Google it and try to like play catch up because it's like, I don't want to feel like I'm outside of it or like I'm, you know, anyway. Yeah. Well, if we take the woman's perspective, right? So men, they apply for a job. They might be 50 to 60% qualified. Women are probably 90 to 100% qualified for that job, but they're sitting there in a spiral wondering if they should even apply. And so I think a lot, I think you're always going to find that a lot more women are identifying this with this than men, but it does, it does happen to men. It happens to men of color, it happens to minorities. It happens to uh, people who struggle with their sexuality. I've found that through my podcast, it can kind of be anyone which is great because I thought it was just maybe, maybe women and LGBTQ. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's been interesting to see how it impacts everyone's life differently. Um, But also, you know, since, since yes, you do have some men listeners as do I, and you're more women focused podcast. Like there's a lot to be said that like we as women feel this way a lot and we're competitive against one another. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of like being competitive, competitive, actually I can't say that word, um, competitive against each other. I feel like that also can play into some like the boss babe culture and like how that Mm -hmm. and imposter syndrome are connected. Like, do you feel like there's a connection in that world? Like, obviously I am, I want to say like for women entrepreneurs and like, but like that boss babe, like I don't want to 
I say that I'm not in that way because I'm like, heck yes, women entrepreneurs. Like we are both women entrepreneurs, like right. having our own podcasts. And I have some friends who my my friend uh Caroline has this art business. Shout out to you, Euphoria Design Co. Um so like I'm obviously all for that, but like how do you feel like those things are connected? Yeah. Uh, well, there's a lot of deception in boss babe culture because unfortunately boss babe culture also lends into some multi-level marketing stuff, right. which, which I mean to each their own, uh, but that in itself is a deception, right? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. so, so sometimes when we're in these groups, so, um, we've mentioned the Colorado girl gang. I was part of the Colorado girl gang. I always refer anyone who moves to Colorado to the Colorado girl gang. Um, Chelsea is a good friend and, uh, who, who started it. Um, but you know, there's polarizing opinions where it's like, we want everyone to be included, but then also like, you're not making this amount of sales figures or, you know, like a lot of deception and, and boss babe culture too, or people being like, I want to, I all are included. Everyone has a seat at the table, but then, you know, they, they leave your text messages on red. So right. I think, um, because women are competitive because and we're competitive, but we want to feel included those two things. So imposter syndrome can lend into boss babe culture when like, a great example is when I launched my own freelance business mm -hmm. and I started it and I joined one of these groups in Colorado and I just was like, man, no one else has it figured out. And if they do, they're not going to help me. So like, I have to figure it out on my own. Yeah. And so it felt kind of lonely and it's, and it's no, it's, it's no dig on anyone's community building. It's just that women are competitive and unfortunately mm -hmm. not everyone is, 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 is as inclusive as you or I. Right. Right. And it's hard too. Cause like we, something that me and you talk about a lot is authenticity and how important that is and mm -hmm. being your true self. And, and there's a lot of times where we feel like we have to keep up with, um, it, just other women and what they're doing. And just like women already feel like we have to fight to have a seat at mm -hmm. the table. And so it's like, we're having to like fake it till we make it, which is straight imposter syndrome. Like that's just that's like another word for it, you know? Um, and so then we're just losing so much of our authentic selves because we're feeling like we're having to keep up with what everybody else is doing. Cause it looks like they have it all together. Like, like you said, the highlight reels and the perfectly, perfectly curated Instagram feeds, which I also love that. Cause I'm like, Oh, it's so aesthetically pleasing. Like that's really cool. But I also can feel that heavy in my heart or <laughs> in my spirit of like, I hate my Instagram. It, does it look like anything? It's not perfectly curated. What colors am I using? Who am I? Like, but just feeling so much pressure when I see just like all the highlight reels of trying to keep up. And yeah, like if more people were like admitting to their imposter syndrome or like just being really authentic of like, I have no idea what to do with my, my business today. Like I have no idea how to reach these people. I have no idea what to do with this following or how to I don't know. I just like every person in Colorado is a realtor. So like, how, I don't know how to sell this house, you know, like it, it's like, yeah. what do you, how do you do it? And I think maybe if more people were, um, just more authentic in that there would be more space for like real connections too. Right. Yeah. I, I definitely agree with that. Um, and I've, I, you know, I've just seen it in all different circles, like, because I'm a military spouse, I'm in a different community, you're in a faith community. So like, mm -hmm. there's some, some things there that might like be similar, but oh, like yeah. the, the expectation when you are married to someone in the service is that, you know, you're gonna pop out however many kids and, right. and you're supposed to have children and you, you gotta know, sit on this board and you, you like consider that, yeah, you have to do these things. Um, and things are, you know, not, not necessarily expected of you when there's an enlisted versus a uh, officer, 
that's that's not the point. The point is is that there's certain expectations in the community, and you know it's just it's interesting because yeah. because there's the pressure for that. So then like it encourages almost this like flakiness culture. Mm-hmm. So like yeah. my girlfriends that are spouses and I like we are very much like open door policy, very hospitable, like shirt off, sh- last shirt, shirt off our back kind of people. Yeah. And so that's like our tribe, our little mini tribe inside of like the actual spousal group. Right. But that's just because, you know, we've had to weed out all of the, you know, people that you invite and they don't show yeah. up or they flake and all of that. So authenticity, right. even so goes back to that. It just, it's, it's not as common as you'd think. And it needs, and I think we're lending towards a more authentic self with the pandemic. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And what you said about like the faith culture and the military culture, I was literally last night talking to one of my friends about that exact thing. Um, and cause she, her boyfriend's in the military and just the way we were talking about it. I'm like, I feel like the military culture and everything is like, um, basically identical to like the Southern Christianity Mm -hmm. culture. Like there's so many things that overlap. Like if you're a pastor's wife, you're expected to do this and sit on the board and have this say and put together this like meeting and smile at these like retreats that you actually don't want to be at, but you're forced to be there. So like, we're just talking about the similarity and the expectations of if you're Mm -hmm. a spouse, like where you're supposed to be, like how you're supposed to act and do and, you know, go to the classes, be on the boards, like all that kind of stuff it's very similar, um, in just that culture. And you're right. The, like the flakiness and that part of it. And, um, it's just a big thing, but I do agree with you. I do believe we are moving more towards the authenticity or authenticity because it's like, I think the pandemic just made us all really tired, like tired Mm -hmm. of trying to keep up because also we've never, our age, you know, people have never experienced anything like this. And so we like have no, and it got to a point where like, I can't admit that I know how to get through this. Like, I just can't like <laughs> I, I, I can't wait that didn't make sense I can't act like I know how to get through this yeah like I because I don't I just I have no idea I laid on the couch half the day and then the other day I'm doing like yoga and walks and outside and then the next day I'm on my couch like yeah I, no one knew how to process that and people losing jobs and uh, the very realness of people dying like yeah there's there's so many layers that we have no idea how to handle it and I am grateful that the, you know, that that has come out of the pandemic of people becoming more often uh, um, authentic, but I would way rather people not have to die to do that. That'd be really great. But it's like, you know, the one maybe good thing that is, that has come out of it. Oh yeah. Like I think the people are coming out of this a lot more creative. I mean, the, you gotta go, you gotta come out of this a better person. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and if, and if you're not, then, you know, like I'm probably, you're probably not in my life point yeah. blank because I'm like, yeah. I'm like, oh, I just want people that are like somewhat positive here. Right. Um, but I mean, there's just so many as for every bad thing that's happened with this pandemic, there's so many really great things. And, and I've tried to be really positive, uh, even when I don't want to be, yeah. um, because you know, uh, there's a lot, there's a lot of, uh, opportunity to like take gratitude. Like gratitude is so important right now. Like, okay. Like I have a roof over my head. I'm a, I don't have to work right now. That's a, right. that's a place of privilege, which is nice. Um, but I, you know, I, I'm, I've got a puppy. I'm not alone. My husband's deployed, but like, he'll come back. Like, right. so I, I just kind of have to like, sometimes like count my blessings, yeah. um, and, and remind myself that like, I'm alive. <laughs> right. And that's a really, it's, it's the gratitude thing is so important just to help like you keep going because 
our world is insane right now. The election season is really insane right now. Like the disasters that are going on around the world, the fires, the whatever, I don't remember the name of it, but like land hurricane in Iowa a little bit ago. Like there's so many things, disasters. Remember the murder hornets that came and went like really fast. Like there's, there's so many really crazy things happening in this world right now. So it's really easy just to get so bogged down and like stuck in that. And you're right. Be like having like that gratitude, just practice of like, let me just center myself and like get back to like that like heart of gratitude and then you'll see things differently like you'll see opportunities differently you'll see you'll just have a different attitude about your day um and it can even like you know give you a little bit of hope that tomorrow will be better if you're like in a really like a hard place mentally oh yeah a very real thing too yeah and don't get me wrong like there's there's weeks where I talk to my therapist ad nauseum about how much I hate this. Yeah. Like, oh, absolutely. This sucks. Oh, absolutely. This sucks. Like this sucks. And she's like, you're allowed to feel that. And I'm like, yeah, it really sucks. Like I'm just going to talk about how pissed off I am. And I'm like, and, and, and that's what I'm like, that's where I'm like at kind of with a lot of the pandemic, but then there's, it's weird. It's like a roller coaster of emotions. There's some weeks where I'm totally fine. There's other weeks where I'm manic as hell. There's right. weeks where I'm depressed. There's weeks where I'm frustrated. Um, but then the best thing to like note is that like everyone is going through this. I mean, I'll bite differently, but everyone's going through it and these emotions are valid and normal. And, Absolutely. and, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm so, like, are, I'm so grateful for my therapist during this yeah. time too. Cause I'm like, Oh gosh, I couldn't do it. And I like people who've listened to episodes in the past, I did mention that I'm going to have a ther- my a therapist on soon and she actually we're gonna have an episode come out in november so just i've had some people awesome. message some thoughts about that but just be looking out for that because it's going to be really cool to have her on and um also if you have any questions about therapy send those in but um yeah i love that we've both had therapists to help yeah. us through all of this um so uh, you know on this podcast we talk about sex like almost every single episode in some way shape or form because that's what people want on my, my that's what my community wants to talk about I have learned the opposite the episodes I don't mention sex before like eh, I don't care so sex is definitely definitely a hot topic here and so how do you feel like um imposter syndrome plays a role in like women and their sexualities yeah like, I think sexuality and sex and, and things like that yeah um I think that sex uh especially in my like when I was going to school it was the George Bush era so like it was like and and in the military, it was still don't ask, don't tell. Yeah. Um, so there was a lot of shame involved with, mm-hmm. um, you know, being any different than just the straight, plain Jane, lights yeah. off, missionary sex. Yeah. Um, so, so, and so I remember being 15 and being in an abstinence only class. And that's the only thing they teach you in health was that. And being like, and I remember this example very vividly. Oh, you're, are you ready for the strap in? Okay. So they took duct tape and they put it on a girl and then they ripped it off her and put it on another girl and ripped it off her and put it on another girl and ripped it off her. And they were like, yeah. So like, that's like what having sex is like. So like this, imagine sleeping with not a, not a virgin. This was like in public school, mind you. And you can't see me, but my mouth is like (laughs) fully open right now. And and I remember being like, I will be abstinent. I'm I'm never having sex. I lost lost my virginity at 15. Okay. So like (laughs) that did not last. And, and I, you know, I think like a lot of sexuality when you were younger was like either it was ingrained into you to be pure or -hmm. it was ingrained into you to be promiscuous or you were doing things because other people were doing it. For me, it was just rebellion. Um, 
And uh, so for me, like sexuality, I, growing up, I was told a lot of things like were shameful and, and don't do them. Like mm -hmm. um, masturbation is not appropriate and that kind of stuff. Like, mm -hmm. so I grew up very confused about sexuality, yeah. very um, unsure about it. Mm -hmm. um, but then as I've gotten older, um, I've kind of come into my, my own. I went through like a, you know, I went through my 20s, my libido was skyrocketed. And now mm -hmm. I'm in my 30s and it's kind of like, to have to have the mental connection to even want to <laughs> yeah. do anything. Yeah, but when imposter syndrome now for me, like sexually, um, is like my friends will be like, oh, like we have sex X many times a week. And I'm like, yep. <laughs> right. Like, like I'm like, oh, uh oh, like <laughs> right. should I step it up? Like, what am I doing yeah. wrong? And then and then I'm thinking, like, I don't have that sexual desire all the time. So right. like, is something wrong with me? Because I'm sexually attracted to my husband. Right. I just it's just, it's not, my, my libido is a little bit lower than other people's. And I've asked my doctor about it and she's like, it could be the birth control. It could be you're low on vitamin D. Maybe it's that. Um, it could be this, it could be that. And then right. also he's gone all the damn time. So, right. <laughs> like, so yeah, I think the imposter syndrome can play into it because I also think like, we're told like not to talk about sex. Like we're, right. we're told that like, it's just like very out there if we do. Yeah. And, um, you know, people aren't talking enough about it. Right. People aren't talking enough about, you know, you know, just that it's okay. Like that's the thing. <laughs> right. it's, it's, it's just, it's fine. So right. I and, think and, it's, and, yeah. And that it's like different for everybody. Cause like, I think oh, yeah. people is perfect. Like I would hear like other people talk about how like they, their husbands want to have sex all the time. And I'm like, uh, should I join this conversation in live? Because that was not my case. Like my, I wanted to have sex more than my husband, but I guess this is the norm. So like, I'm just gonna, I don't know. And then I'd hear people talk about their frequency and, and for my just personal journey, like it, sex has been really hard for me and really painful and like not always enjoyable. And so I'm over here like, well, I'm just gonna force myself, I guess, because if I'm not having sex, like every single day and multiple times a day or three or four times a day, then I'm just like, I'm not a good wife. Like, it's just not it and oh yeah uh not want to be with me and I need to step it up and like I'm just gonna pretend like I'm doing all these things or just fake orgasms all the time because I just need to be like the way that she is or whatever like there's so many I think just women in general we have such like a idea of what we are supposed to be as far as like in, in our like sexual world and like right it's the media and just culture and and just all these different things can like just give us this like expectation of we have to be this way and you in the Christian world in particular it's like you better please your husband in every single way shape or form and do this and do that and um and it's like well I don't know if I want to do all that and also I don't know that I can but we never talked about sex so how am I supposed to do these things because we didn't talk <laughs> about it I literally being like I remember being like I don't even know any other positions besides like the normal the, the one that everyone does that we're on your back <laughs> like because you just wouldn't talk about it and then I'm like can I google that can I not google that I don't know like I'm like an idiot because I'm like I don't know but it, I completely agree it's like you don't talk about it and then on the abstinence only education is like mind-blowing to me that that even still exists because I'm like we there absolutely has to be sex education in the world like uh, no <laughs> I never once learned about it not right. a single time didn't learn about what comes out of the penis. Didn't learn about how the egg gets from, never, not once to like, and I mean, I could Google it now, figure it out. I mean, I know what happens now, well, obviously, right. But, <laughs> right. but like, that's the, that's the crazy thing. It's like, yeah. why do, why do we teach our children that sex is shameful when this is why we were put on earth? Right. Right. <laughs> was to procreate. Right. 
Right. That's literally what <laughs> go and multiply the earth. And we're like, right. Got so, it. But why are we, why are we not talking exactly. about exactly And the abstinence only thing too, is like, there's so much more to that too, because it's like, what if someone was assaulted and they didn't right. choose to have sex and now they don't know that they need to go to the doctor and they need to do this and this and get like, you don't know that that's like, like there's no follow-up from that either. And so it's like, we just don't need to assume all the time that people are only have sex because they want to, because that's just not true either. And so it, like, unfortunately I, I was yeah. like, I want to change that and want to live in a world where there's only sex happens because people want to, like that is obviously the goal, but that is definitely not the case. And so an absence only just leaves out that like so much because it's just, I could go on and on. Yeah. Gonna, it's only sex education because it is so frustrating to me. Because um, <laughs> I'm like, talking about sex does not mean that everyone's going to go have sex. It means you are educated now and you know what to do when the time comes. Right. Because I mean, I went for the longest time. I'm like, what are my body parts called? Is it an ovary? Where's my cervix? Like, literally, just like, no idea because we just didn't talk about it. And I'm like, <laughs> so just crazy to me that that is our world but hopefully I do believe it's changing it is but it needs to change a little bit faster <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> um okay cool so if you could because like we said we do think this is something that every person is struggling with this but since I do have a heavily um women audience if you could, like could encourage any woman who is struggling with imposter syndrome like how how would you encourage her right now because I know that there's so many women who are struggling with that and, and obviously there are a hundred percent men that do as well because I know that there's so many so much pressure to be a man and to be a certain type of man and if you're not that man then you need to be that man and so I definitely believe that as well but since I do have a heavily woman audience what would you say to her yeah. Um, something that I've just kind of come to my own conclusions on regarding this is going back to just authenticity, obviously. Mm -hmm. So the more that you uh, do things authentically by being yourself, I, and that is a very vulnerable thing to do as women, because we do not want to do that 99% right. of the time. It doesn't feel good to be vulnerable. It doesn't feel good to be ourselves mm -hmm. all the time. Um, but just know that like you're going to attract the right, you know, the right kinds of people by being yourself, because you're going to feel better when you're not putting on a charade or, or a mask. And so if you're maybe in a career that doesn't feel right, or, you know, you're, you're in a job that doesn't make you happy and you're mm -hmm. feeling this feeling all the time, like stop and ask yourself, like, is this right for me? Mm -hmm. And, and another thing you can do is if you are feeling that, so say you're, you know, feeling imposter syndrome about maybe some presentation that you have at work or, mm -hmm. or, uh, you know, could be anything, yeah. um, walk yourself through the worst case scenario, like what that would be. So for instance, like I would worry about getting fired all the time and then it, it happened and no one died and I was fine. And I was like, okay, like that's, that's not a big deal. But it, but walking yourself through like, oh, like they're going to come in here and like, tell me that I need to leave and I, and I'm, and I'm let go. Okay. Well, if that's the case, then what, what would you do? Okay, great. So then like, even though it's not probably not going to happen the way your head is playing it out to, right. you've at least addressed the worst fear and you've kind of walked yourself through it. So you're like at least mentally prepared for it. And yeah. then you can be pleasantly surprised when that doesn't happen. That is great. But that is like a great advice because our mind does like to lie to us and act like, like if you lose your job, you're going to die. Like that's just <laughs> what our mind likes to do. And that's usually not the case. And so just, but preparing yourself for that will help whatever does happen be a lot easier, like you said. So I think that is like perfect, perfect advice for the people struggling. Cause that, I, that's a, I love some good, like practical tools, <laughs> like some good, yeah. like 
actual things. Like that's why I love going to the kind of therapy I go to because it's not just talk therapy. Like we actually do exercises and, and different things. And so I like some good like actual steps to process and doing that is like an immediate next step of like, like you're having that like almost anxiety attack of like, I might lose my job today because I can't do this presentation right now. I'm not smart enough. And I've got to like really fake this because if not, I'm going to lose my job. Okay. What would actually happen if I lose my, if I lost my job? And then yeah. like, doing exactly what you said is a good, like, okay, let's breathe and really process this. And then you get to the end. You're like, Oh yeah. I, okay. Yeah. I'll get another job. Yeah. Cool. And yeah, exactly. And on that same vein, you can only control what you can control. So my right. biggest advice on top of everything beyond all of this is that if you are looking at someone's Instagram, you're looking at someone's life, it's like Pinterest. Oh my gosh. Just, you know, keep in mind, I've said it once. So I'll say it again, is that like, you're looking at people's highlight reels at all times on social media. And a lot of the times things, um, aren't what they seem you're seeing what people want you to see. So just keep in mind that if like you're struggling like crazy and you feel like, why is it so hard for me? And you're looking around and everyone around you looks like they've got it all figured out. They really don't. No one has, does. Your goalposts should constantly be changing for what you want for yourself. What you wanted five years from now is going to be different from what you wanted now. Mm-hmm. So that's just something that I kind of, you know, give yourself grace because like you're doing the best you can. You can only control you. So, right. you know, try to be the best you for you. Yeah, no, that's also really huge because I mean, especially in our social media world today, it is so easy to compare. Like I did see a post from somebody the other day that I appreciated. She was like, um, she's like, here I am trying to show you my most authentic self of me crying. Yet I chose the prettiest picture of me ugly crying. She's like, if that makes sense. I'm like, yeah, that does make sense. Because like, she's like, even though I wanted to show you like, I, ha- I have a really pretty Instagram feed, but like, this is what I spend the majority of my day doing. Even in that moment, I took a really ugly picture of myself crying, but I am choosing the best one of those to show you. And I thought that was just like a great point of like, no matter how much we may want to show up like um, authentically, it's like still in our heads to like be the best, like, you know, look as good as they do. And so that's just like really good advice just to always constantly have that on your, in front of your mind of like, when I'm scrolling, this is what people want me to see. This is not real. They might have just had like the biggest blowout fight with their spouse in the world, and we wouldn't know that, you know, like not knowing what we're actually going through. Um, so that's just that's really, really, really nice. Yeah. I needed that today, so thank you. I feel like that was for me in particular because I needed that reminder. Because yeah, it's, it's really hard right now. <laughs> you know, the comparison trap is deep. Um, well, thank you so, so, so much for being on this podcast. I love talking about being authentic and imposter syndrome. And I think every single person listening to this is probably shaking their head like, yep, me too, me too, Mm -hmm. me too. And just the power of being able to say me too, is just huge. Also, like, I mean, that's also why the me too movement was so big. Cause it's just like, yeah, I'm not alone in this and not Mm -hmm. feeling alone is like one of the biggest things, um, to help anybody get through anything. So Thank you so much for being on and sharing. And where can people find your podcast? I will link wherever this is in the episode notes so people can easily easily get to it. But where can they find you? Yeah, so um, my podcast is uh, available wherever you get your pods. Uh, it's syndicated everywhere. It's again called Please Don't Kick Me Out, available wherever you listen to podcasts. And new episodes drop every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, since I am in San Diego. Um, and uh, you can follow me on social media uh, myself. I am at Beyond, like my name, Bianca 
but yeah. K-E-Z-Z, so like cakes. Um, yeah. And I'm also, my podcast is uh, at Please Don't Kick Me Out, which is on Instagram or PDKMO Podcast on Facebook. Awesome. Yeah. I, and guys, I will definitely link that in the episode notes so you can easily get to it. And I'll also like tag her on face or on Instagram. When I do the posts, uh, make sure you go follow her because her podcast is so good and you need it in your life. It's just, just a really good reminder to like, not fake it till you make it, not feel like you have to be someone that you're not and be authentic. And it's just, it's really good. So guys, if you follow me, you need to go follow her podcast. So thank awesome. you so much for being on and guys, I hope you have a great week. As always, my DMs are open. You can DM me at any time. We'll talk about anything. I will reply, I promise. Um, but I love you guys, and we will talk soon. Hey.